Greetings, gamers. I'm Bed Roth. And I'm Shoot Kapow. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. just heard, well, after the uh, little opening soundbite from Weird Al, was the main menu theme from Saint Seiya Senki, also called Saint Seiya Sanctuary Battle in the West. And the reason that we opened up with that game is, if you will recall, two weeks ago, at the end of our Fantasy Life episode, I didn't give away today's topic, but I did ask all of you a question. What's your sign? Chukapau, what is your sign? Gemini. No, it's not. Is it? Yes. Really? Yeah. For some reason I was thinking you were like a Leo or a Libra or something. So, so, okay. What am I? Uh, let's see. Obviously, I don't You're know. You're a Libra. Much. I'm a Libra. Okay, I knew it was an L, but I can never remember if it's Libra or Leo. Obviously, today's topic has to do with zodiac signs or horoscopes. And despite the fact that we are going to be, well, we played in with an intro from a Weird Al song, uh, your horoscope for today from the album Running With Scissors, uh, which was released on June 29th, 1999. And the lyrics and the music for that particular song were produced by Weird Al himself, Al Yankovic, who happens to be my single favorite artist, if I'm being honest. I mean, the guy's just a dynamo of talent. Yep. Anywho... I can't do a Weird Al podcast because I can't afford to license all of his music, but I can play a snippet of his song to introduce today's show. What I was saying is that even though we use that song, which does kind of poke fun at the idea of following horoscopes, we are not going to be making fun of horoscopes today. We are also not going to be endorsing horoscopes today. I just, that's one of my favorite of Al's songs. It popped into my head. I thought, hey, I wonder if there are any video game tunes that are named after horoscope songs. I actually had been thinking about the Gemini Man theme from Mega Man 3, and that is what sort of got the whole idea rolling in my head. I'm not going to get into all of it now, but this started out as an afterthought, and then it turned into a gimmick, and then it turned into a challenge, and then it turned into something that actually ended up being pretty meaningful. I'm doing all the talking right now because, uh, as I mentioned last time, in this episode, I actually picked all the tracks. So Shukapau has heard none of these songs. Um, he hasn't played, I don't think, any of the games that any of them are from, with maybe an exception or two here or there. He's heard of a couple of them. I know he's heard of some of these composers, but a lot of these picks are pretty obscure. But they still follow our number one rule, which is... Everything is very good music. So Shukapau, what are you going to be bringing to the table today? Um, Since you're not bringing any songs. Well, I'm going to pick the order and information. 
That's right. So what Chukapau is going to do is he is going to read to me one of the uh, horoscopes from Al's song, and I'm going to have to try to remember. It's going to be like a little quiz. I'm going to have to try to remember which one that is. Whether I get it right or not, um, that is going to be our cue for what song I am going to play. Uh, I will announce the song by name and by game, and then when we get back from listening to it, I'll tell you a little bit about it, how I found it, and... Uh, we're not really going to talk too much. Like, I didn't go too deep into how the song fits, like, that concept of that particular sign or anything like that. I really just used the name of the sign to turn me toward a game or a track in a game. Saint Seiya Senki, or Saint Seiya Sanctuary Battle, is uh, was a PS3 game published by Bandai Namco and developed by uh, Shueisha, or Demps, in 2011. Composer was Yoshitaka Hirota. Uh, he's a freelance developer who's worked on a wide variety of games. He is perhaps best known for his work on the Shadow Hearts series, but he's also composed for Bomberman, Sonic, and Donkey Kong franchises. Uh, he's a childhood friend of composer Yasunori Matsuda, and is currently a member of Nobuo Uematsu's band, uh, Earthbound Papas. So he's got some connections to a couple of our favorites. The game, uh, Saint Seiya Sanctuary Battle, is inspired by the characters appearing in Masami Kuramada's Saint Seiya manga and its anime adaptations. Specifically, the first season of the original anime, The Sanctuary Battle, in which Seiya and his friends have the task of fighting the Twelve Gold Saints to save Sayori Kido from dying. Each of the saints is named for one of the twelve traditional signs of the Zodiac, which is why I thought that was a particularly good play-in for today. And you had pretty much just one thing to say about it. I, I thought this song kind of sounded like Final Fantasy. Yeah, the Final With Fantasy, the, like the overture. Doo, 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 yeah, doo, 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 yeah, yeah. The the deceptively brilliant run of notes by Nobuo Uematsu, whose band he is in now. I wonder if they. I wonder how much influence Final Fantasy had on on that particular opener. It sounds like it almost had to have had some kind of influence. But to get back to the structure of the show, so Shukapau, for example, uh, pretend I don't know it and read Weird Al's horoscope for cancer. The position of Jupiter says that you should spend the rest of the week face down in the mud. Try not to shove a roll of duct tape up your nose while taking your driver's test. Okay, you don't have to sing them, but I really love that you did. So (laughs) he would sing the line or read the line if he gets tired of singing. And I would guess, okay, I think that's... Sagittarius. And if I was wrong, he'd say, no, that's cancer. No. And if I was right, he'd be like, good job, you win. And then he would read the uh, the little blurb of information he found about the cancer sign. So go ahead. All right. The cancer sign is between June 22nd and July 22nd, if my information is correct. The element is water and their personality is sensitive. And also the cancer bracelet in Mother 3 provides plus 20 defense. <laughs> Okay, nice. Nice little detail there. And then that's how we're going to go, and then I would play my song about cancer. But song uh, about cancer. Well, not to give too much away, um, I'm actually not even printing the uh, show notes for this episode like I have been doing in the past. Um, I will release the show notes for this on YouTube um, two days after the video launches. So if you want to see the show notes, then go look at YouTube at that point. But I really want to leave some of these things a surprise in case some of you already think you know what's coming. The song for the cancer sign is um, kind of serious in nature, so I'm not going to be doing the joke leading into that one. We're going to treat it with a little bit more dignity. Uh, But that does not go for all of the other signs. Uh, Speaking of which, let's go ahead and get into our first actual quiz. 
So, Shukapau, what is the next line that you've got for me to guess? You will never find true happiness. What you gonna do? Cry about it. The stars predict tomorrow you'll wake up, do a bunch of stuff, and then go back to sleep. Man, I thought all these were going to be super easy. Um, Leo? Nope. Taurus. Taurus. Okay, wow. Okay, Taurus. All right. Tell me what you've got for Taurus, and then then I'm going to take our listeners for a ride. <laughs> all right. This is people born between April 22nd and May 20th. The element is Earth, and their personality is practical and determined. And the Taurus bracelet provides 15 defense in Mother 3. All right. I found all the bracelets. All the bracelets for Mother 3. Okay. That's that's pretty perfect for you. I don't know anyone personally, I don't think, who is a Taurus, but your mom's and my anniversary would make our marriage a Taurus. So, <laughs> <laughs> And the song that I have for the Taurus sign is from the game Dark Souls. The song is Taurus Demon. And that's enough of that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is that is an intense piece of music. And musically, everyone, we are going to run the gamut today. There's peaceful tracks. There's intense tracks. Fast-paced. Slower-paced. Uh, chip-tune. Modern instruments. Lots of different stuff. Really excited about the playlist I've got for you. Shukapau and I were talking a little bit while we were gone. I asked him what he knows about this series. He said not much. So Dark Souls is a multi-platform game was published by Namco and developed by From Software in 2011. The composer is Motoi Sakuraba. Ooh. <laughs> does this sound like anything from Tales of Symphonia? Hmm. <laughs> it strikes me as kind of darker and more intense than a lot of the stuff. Um, it's definitely less anime. It's more cinematic, I think, more like fantasy type type composition. The Taurus Demon is a Minotaur-esque demon found on top of a narrow castle wall in the Undead Burg area of Dark Souls. It's on the road to the Undead Parish. So, similar to the Bell Gargoyles encountered later in the game, the Taurus Demon does not immediately appear when the host passes through the Fog Gate. Instead, the host has to travel about halfway across the section before the boss appears on top of the far tower and then jumps down. It's like this big epic moment where like this huge demon is just kind of jumping down at you. 
The bosses in this game are big, they're powerful, they're really, really, really hard, and they can kill you in like two hits. Um, this is the kind of game that's designed for you to play repeatedly, play patiently, analytically. Like, I really think you would like these games once you get old enough to play them, but yeah, they're, they're intense. The Taurus Demon, actually, what's interesting about him is he's an optional boss. If you start with the Master Key as your starting gift, you can actually skip him uh, in this stage. But that gets into some technical stuff that if you played the game, you know, and if you haven't played the game, you probably don't care. You may not want to know, so I'm going to kind of leave it with that. But that was Taurus Demon. Did you have any thoughts about the music? Anything you can share? Well, it's, it's very intense. <laughs> it is. Not really totally your style, is it? Mm. Not something you would listen to for pleasure. Nah. But like if it came up in Hollow Knight, you know. <laughs> yeah, I might. For like a boss theme, that'd be pretty fitting. I was like, nah, I guess I'll roll with this. <laughs> I mean, I'm just in the middle of fighting this weird spider thing that it's just, just nasty. Nightmare-inducing, you know. Yeah. Deep Nest. <laughs> deep Nest is terrible. Deep Nest is... So I could see this playing in Deep Nest and doing yes. pretty well. <laughs> All right, so what is my next uh, quiz? A big promotion is just around the corner for someone much more talented than you. Laughter is the very best medicine. Remember that when your appendix bursts next week. Libra? Yes. Wow, yes, I got one. <laughs> okay, Libra. Libra, what do I have for Libra? Oh, this was the one. I was listening to this a second ago when I was downloading it, and I was like, man, I love this song. I'm so excited about this playlist. Okay, okay. Uh, read your thing about Libras. And then I'm really excited for this next song. All right. Libra is between September 23rd and October 22nd. Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Their element is air. Their personality is cool, calculating, but also charming. Aww. So sort of like an Artemis Fowl type thing, I guess. I could be Artemis Fowl. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and the no, Libra no, bracelet... I'm, I'm multi-diggums. <laughs> <laughs> the Libra bracelet gives plus 30 defense in Earthbound 2. Which is actually Mother 3, which you've said before so far, but I know what you say Earthbound 2 because you're conscientious about your th sounds. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're saying them fine. Anywho, um, so the song that you are about to hear is from Soul Calibur 6. The name is Libra of Souls.
and we're back. <laughs> Shoot Kapow, what do you think? Wow. <laughs> you were right. Man, oh, that horn that comes in at around the one minute mark, and then that same melody is echoed in the vocals and in, in that choir, and then the strings come in. <sighs> this is... This is my favorite kind of instrumental music. Movie, video game, it just... I love it, like, it, it's a, it's so well instrumented. Instrumentated. Instrumentated. Um, <laughs> it's, the arrangement is so good. Like, the all of the different instruments complement each other. That brass comes in, and it's just this soaring thing without being overblown. <laughs> you were saying how much you love brass. Mm -hmm. and I play uh, a brass instrument. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You play the trumpet. Anything else? Anything else? Anything like specific that stuck out to you? Uh, I guess just the melody. Something that I said here was that it was kind of like if you take so the video that accompanies this on YouTube looks like something out of Fire Emblem, and I said that this sounds kind of like if you take Fire Emblem and Xenoblade Chronicles and mash them up together. And I'd forgotten what I have recorded here in my notes. So. Soul Calibur VI was composed by Junichi Nakatsuru. Uh, he is best known for the Soul Calibur series, for which he has composed the soundtrack for every game. Soul Calibur VI was released in 2018, uh, also published by Bandai Namco, like Ooh. Dark Souls. Um, this was Namco. published for the PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. Nakatsura has also composed for series renowned for their music, including Ace Combat, Tekken, and Ridge Racer. He often collaborates with other composers, you may be interested to know that he was the one who arranged Lost in Thoughts All Alone from Ooh. Fire Emblem Fates for Smash 4. So, some of that uh, that instrumental flair in there. Libra of Souls is actually the second story mode in this game, which is a fighting game. It's like a weapon-based fighting game. Uh, Link actually appeared in Soul Calibur, I think it was 4, back on the GameCube? Oh, Might yeah. Soul uh, Calibur 2. I actually he was saw in that Calibur in my YouTube game. video yesterday. And somebody... I can't remember if it was on a podcast or in a conversation I had recently, was saying that Link is, like, the best fighting game character ever in that game. <laughs> but <laughs> Link's a very good fighting game character. He really is, and since it's a weapons-based game, he fit in, like, perfectly. What was interesting is, actually, the um, PlayStation version of that game, I think, had Heihachi from Tekken, if I'm not mistaken. No, Heihachi is from Fatal Fury. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about those fighting games. But the... Um, the Microsoft version actually had Spawn. You know who Spawn is? No. He's like an anti-hero, like, demon general who turns on hell and also doesn't fight for heaven, but he has Doom. this, like... Anyway, yeah. But in later Soul Calibur games, uh, Darth Vader and Yoda actually were playable characters. <laughs> so, it's a long and storied history. Believer of Souls is actually the second story mode in this game. Can't get over the fact that this piece of music is in the story mode for a fighting game. <laughs> um, it takes place shortly after the character Siegfried acquires the Soul Edge, a magic sword, just to keep things simple. A magic um, sword, like just a, to keep things simple. <laughs> like the magic sword of this game. And becomes the antagonist Nightmare. The player makes their own character, and they have to try to stop another evil from rising up. Oh no. The Libra of Souls itself is a scale. Like, that's what Libra is. Well, Libra, the goddess Libra, is the one who, like, stands on top of the Justice building with a scale because Justice is blind. Anyway, the Libra of Souls is a special tool the player can use to, you know, do, like, game-winning stuff. One cool thing I read about this mode is that the outcome of it depends on your character's alignment during the game. So, like, choices that you make and stuff like that. So, sort of like, the sort of like Fire Emblem? 
Yeah. Fire Emblem, like the recent games? Yes, kind of like that, yeah. Fire Emblem, like the recent games. This is apparently a popular theme, according to YouTube comments. Uh, it plays on the world map in the Libra of Souls mode, and I can see why it is so popular. Um, world map? Yeah, the world map. Well, you know, like World of Light has the world map. This is a... Okay. So this is like World of Light, but for a more Street Fighter-esque fighting game, except you fight with weapons. You kind of just have to see it. But... What I would like to see right now is what we're going to be playing next. All your friends are laughing behind your back. Kill them. Take down all those naked pictures of Ernest Borgnine you've got hanging in your den. You have no idea who Ernest Borgnine is. Um, I mean, I actually found out. Oh, you found out. (laughs) Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you learned something. That's Sagittarius. Yes. Yeah, I remember that one because of the kill them. <laughs> so no. tell us about the Sagittarius. Well, tell us about Ernest Borgnine. Um, I wonder if he is a Sagittarius. That would be really meta and just like Al to do that. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to find that out right now. Look it up for yourself. It's fun. Right. Just look up Ernest Borgnine for yourself. He probably doesn't fit on a VGM podcast. <laughs> tell us about Sagittarius's Sagittarii. Cactus. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so. Sagittarius is between November 23rd and December 21st. The Elements Fire and their personality trait is Adaptability, and the Sagittarius bracelet gives 45 defense in Earthbound 2. I think that your Grammy, your mom's mom, might be a Sagittarius. She definitely is if you don't take that new one into consideration, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, so, there were a couple of these that I had... A little bit of trouble finding. Sagittarius is one of them. I had trouble finding this in a game. Now, I could have just gone to, like, St. Seiya Senki, or there are a couple of other, like, just Zodiac-based games where I could have just taken all of my stuff from there. But I wanted to give myself a little bit more of a challenge, so I only was going to resort to something like that as a last resort. So the song I'm going to be playing is called Art Block by the composer. And it was used in a game called Sagittarius. For now, we'll leave it at that. We'll play the piece, then we'll come back and I'll tell you a little bit more about it. That was Art Block from Sagittarius. It's actually the only in-game music for Sagittarius, but before I get into that, Chukapau, what are your thoughts about this music? Hmm, it's... Let me ask you this. If you had to pick a year, or like a five-year range, I'll make it a little easier. 
what five-year range since 1980 do you think this would have come from? 8885, mm. 8590, etc. Uh, I think about 1995. Okay. So it's from this sort of school of composition that imitates music from that time in the instruments that he uses and stuff, but it's actually constructed with a more modern aesthetic in mind. Sort of like Daisuke Amaya for um, Cave Story, Jay Kaufman for a lot of his retro stuff. This game was actually released in 2015. This is a .io game. Uh, So Sagittarius um, was released on PC on itch.io, the website. It was completely published by George Prosser, the creator of the game, in 2015. The composer is Jan123, and he called this song Art Block, and then apparently Prosser got it and used it for the game. The game's description on its website reads, Shoot your friends in this turn-based archery game where the main mechanic is gravity. And I believe that each you're like a you're a stick figure standing on a planet, and then you have to shoot an arrow so that it goes around the orbits of other planets and hits another person. Whoa! I, I, I yeah, it's it's really cool. Aim carefully and move strategically to be the last player standing in a cosmic death match. Is how the description finishes. I'm gonna leave the um, link to the game itself as well as the link to the file in the show notes so that you guys can go and find them for yourselves. Uh, you can play local multiplayer on this game for two to five players. I would recommend checking it out. I actually just downloaded it to check it out, hear the music, and see what it was like, and I ended up playing it for like 30 minutes before I even knew what, <laughs> what, wow. what time it passed by. GN123 posted the song on opengameart.org on January 3rd, 2014. According to the song's description, he called it Art Block because he was, quote, currently trying to break out of one, and if I try really hard, at least something comes out. So, hmm. yeah, for writing something out of the middle of a writer's block, so to speak, this this is pretty good. It's got a nice little groove to it. The syncopation's pretty cool. And you could see it being the only music in the game, it's not going to grate on you too much, and it's got that sort of, um, sort of muted intensity that you want in this sort of game. But that's my Sagittarius entry, which I'm kind of proud that I found. (laughs) What have you got for us next? Hmm. What are you going to tell me that I have for us next? (laughs) Wow, this is really... Okay, go ahead. All right. Your birthday party will be ruined once again by your explosive flatulence. Your love life will run into trouble when your fiancé hurls a javelin through your chest. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. I love the trombone that plays after flatulence. Uh, Gemini. Yes, man. I I thought I wasn't going to get these after that first one, but that was totally a guess. But I guess I've heard this song enough. So, um, okay. Well, I think you already know what's coming. Yep. But tell us what you've got to say about Gemini. All right. Geminis are born between May 21st and June 21st. The element is air, and their main personality trait is a sort of, like, fun personality, I guess. And the Gemini bracelet gives plus 12 defense in Mother 3. All right. You're a Gemini. Yep. You're fun. Yep. Okay. So, the song that I have for us is Gemini Man's theme from Mega Man The Wily Wars on the Sega Genesis. Ooh.
threw you for a little curve there at the end. <laughs> yeah, so this is the Gemini Man stage, I guess, remix, arrangement, whatever you would call it, from Mega Man The Wily Wars on the Sega Genesis. What did you think of this rendition of this song that you know pretty well? It's still good. Is it as good? Yeah. Is it better? A little bit, maybe. Okay. Um, so I think that's in, in the... The Ear of the Beholder, as it were. Uh, it's definitely still a really good arrangement. We're going to get into um, this composer here in just a second, but I like the... Uh, it's got, it emphasizes the Latin feel, I think, um, that I didn't really ever associate with this track. I always thought of this as kind of a space theme, which makes sense because Gemini is a constellation, but mm -hmm. it's also kind of weird because Gemini Man's stage is almost like an alien planet in Mega Man 3. It really, like, it doesn't seem to fit as part of future Earth cities. <laughs> it, it seems like Mega Man blasts off into space, fights some alien dude, and then comes back. Um, Shadow Clone Jutsu! But actually, Shadow Man is the robot master that in Mega Man lore was not a robot built by a person. He was like some weird AI machine built by another AI machine or something. I don't know. Uh, okay. It's really interesting. You should look into it sometime. It's kind of cool. But no, Gemini Man is just an ordinary, regular, uh, you know, Maverick robot, <laughs> like uh, like Magnet Man and Spark Man and all those other guys. Gemini Man's music is the most unique, I think, in Mega Man 3. Probably the single most unique song. Do you know why that is? Hmm. Gemini Man's theme and Needle Man's theme are the only songs in the game that were composed by Harumi Fujita. Ah. Everything else was by Yasuaki Fujita, no relation, also known as Bun Bun. Yay. This particular song, as well as all of the new oh, music okay. in Wily Wars, was composed by Kinuyo Yamashita. Wily Wars was released on the Mega Drive, or Genesis, uh, published by Capcom, developed by Minakuchi Engineering in 1994. Kinuyo Yamashita's best-known soundtrack is her debut work for Konami's Castlevania, actually. Mm. Castlevania was her first um, soundtrack, the first one. Right. So, she wrote Vampire Killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> after leaving Konami in 1989, she freelanced for a while, composing notable games for Capcom and Natsume, along with other publishers. Mm -hmm. uh, the year following the publication of Wily Wars, actually, she composed for Mega Man X3 for the SNES. Huh. And there's some Neat. pretty there's some pretty famous um, Maverick themes from Mega Man X3. Actually, I've got a couple on short lists for future episode topics. The Wily Wars was a Sega Channel exclusive in North America until the Sega Genesis Mini was released last year. Uh, Kanuyo Yamashita arranged all of the original tracks and composed all the new music for the game, which was a 16-bit upgrade of the first three NES games. Uh, they're actually, you can play this at the National Video Game Museum, where we went a few weeks ago on their little Sega Channel update thing. The game was not super well received. I've heard it is a little bit clunky. It doesn't work as smoothly, especially Mega Man 2. But the music, it is really interesting to hear a lot of these, like, remixes. Uh, in the original Mega Man 3, Gemini Man Stage, as I said, was composed by Hiromi Fujita. Um, some of the developmental artwork, actually, I noticed this when I was doing my playthrough of Mega Man 3 on the uh, Legacy Collection that we have. I looked at all the artwork stuff. Indicates that Gemini Man was once a much more twin-like boss. He still creates a clone of himself during his boss battle, but Shadow Clone Jutsu. But the laser doesn't actually possess any sort of like special qualities other than bouncing off walls and killing Needleman super fast. <laughs> I think he also kills the Crash Man Doc robot super fast. Huh. Neat. So, yeah, that's all I've got to say about Gemini Man. So what you got? 
I wish you could get the Mega Man 2 powers from the Doc Robot thing. That would be pretty cool. I think in Wily Wars, actually, you can get, like, there's one mode where you can fight different Robot Masters, and you can have, like, powers from different games combined Ooh. together. Smash Bros. Mega Man. <laughs> so I guess now we need to get a Genesis Mini, huh? Hmm. Anyway, go ahead. What's next? Now is not a good time to photocopy your butt and staple it to your boss's face. Oh, oh no. no, eat a bucket of tuna flavored pudding and wash it down with a gallon of strawberry quick. Virgo? Close, it's Leo. Leo, how is that close? Because... Oh, because they're they're like adjacent yeah. or something? Okay. Yeah. You know, I was actually going to say Leo. I should have gone with my first, uh, first instinct. Well, before we get to you talking about that and me talking about what song it's going to be, what game... Does that line make me think of Earthbound? Yes, <laughs> the Even tuna though, yogurt. Yep, not tuna flavored pudding, but trout flavored yogurt. Yeah, <laughs> yes, nice. High five. Okay, because I actually just played through that yep. part of the game. <laughs> Master Pokey's maid who likes trout flavored yogurt. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So tell us about Leos. All right, Leos are born between first. There's Leonardo da Vinci. And then there's Leo from the Rick Riordan books, yeah, the son of Hephaestus. And then there's Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles, who is named oh, after Leonardo mean, da Vinci. Oh, you mean like your Gemini sign? I'm a Leo. No, stupid. You're, I'm a Leo. You're a Percy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leos are born between July 23rd and August 22nd, and their element is fire, which is ironic for Percy Jackson. It's not actually not ironic. It's um, interestingly appropriate. If his what? element, if if he was like a water guy, then that would be ironic that his name was. Leo, but since but Percy is a water guy. No, if Leo. No, I mean, I mean, it's appropriate for Leo, but uh, ironic. Percy, Percy's zodiac sign is a Leo. Oh, that's ironic. Okay, yes, you do know what irony is. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure everybody who's listening to us knows what irony is. All right. It's ironic that Percy, who controls water, is a Leo, but it makes sense that Leo, who controls fire, is named Leo. Yeah. And um, their uh, personality traits are theatrical and passionate. And the Leo bracelet gives 25 defense. Man, Leo really is well-named in that book. Like, I never thought about how appropriate that is. Yeah. I'll leave it to Rick Riordan to know about, you know, mystical stuff and, <laughs> you know, gods and stuff like that. Third eyes and chakras and all that weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. We'll call it weird. It's cool. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm, I mean, there are I people who base their whole pride. I personally take pride in the term weird. So, okay, there you go. I as mean, long as people understand that. But yeah, it's, it's cool. Cool. The people base their whole lives around that. Shadow stuff, clone so. Jutsu. So Leo, I was excited to find this theme as well. It was a little hard to find this. It wasn't super hard. I didn't want to go with anything like Leonardo's theme or I wanted it to be specifically Leo. And this is sort of. So, um, the actual name of this track is Sword of the Unparalleled Emperor. Mm-hmm. The subtitle of this track title is Theme of Leo. This is from a game called Red Earth, or as it was known in Japan, Warzord.
Okay, what did you think of Leo's theme? It was very... Mm, uh, it was kind of hardcore, I guess i describe it. Okay, yeah, kind of headbanging, a little bit. Uh, we were I was giving you a little quiz while we were gone about what uh, what publisher this was. But before that, I noticed, kind of for the first time listening to it again, that this bears a striking similarity to a battle theme from Golden Sun. <laughs> uh, that, that intro lick sounds a lot like that, uh, that Sakuraba piece. This was not composed by Motoi Sakuraba. This was composed by Takayuki Iwai. The game, Red Earth or Warzord, which was an arcade exclusive by Capcom in 1996, um, was also composed by Ryoji Yamamoto and Wataru Hachisako. Um, Iwai is actually best known as the main composer for the Darkstalkers series, uh, which produced um, characters like, uh, I think her name is Fiona, there's um, Morrigan, uh, who's like the, the bat demon monster girl that you might have seen in some of the Marvel vs. Capcom stuff. She's actually a succubus, but we're not going to go into that because this is a family-friendly show. As well as, uh, this is uh, UI, was also a contributor to nearly all of the new game series introduced on Capcom's CPS2 arcade system, which included Dungeons & Dragons, X-Men Children of the Atom, and other games. So this was on a slightly more advanced set of hardware than like the SNES, um, probably something kind of comparable to what was used in the N64, but when you get into hardware, you're above my head. This game actually sounds really, really interesting. It's one of the few Capcom arcade games that I don't think has ever been ported to a home system, even though I kind of wish it were, because like I said, it sounds really cool. The story is really cool. It's a fighting game, um, like a lot of the Capcom titles at this time were. Uh, but um, it's a fantasy-themed 2D competitive fighting game released by Capcom, uh, as a coin-op video game in 96. Red Earth was the first game for Capcom's CP System 3 hardware, which is the same hardware that Street Fighter 3 ran on. Street Fighter 3 was famous because it had some of the biggest and most beautiful sprites of any arcade game ever. Like, you should you should look into it sometime on our Street Fighter um, Legacy Collection thing that we have. Anniversary Collection. Getting all these collections mixed up. Anyway, as of 2019, Red Earth is the only CPS3 video game which has never been officially ported to home platforms, although its characters have appeared in later Capcom games. It takes place on an alternate version of Earth sometime in the 14th century. Well, in the Japanese version, it's a post-apocalyptic 1999, but in the Western version, it's sometime in the 14th century on an alternate Earth. Uh, where the world did not experience any technological revolutions or the Renaissance and was still in a medieval or mythological state. Um, this new country has risen up, and the leader, whose name is Sion, sends out monsters to take over the world. Four heroes emerge to defend Earth. One of those heroes is Leo, who is the king of Savalia, and he is transformed into a half-man, half-lion, because, you know, that makes sense, because his name was Leo, um... <laughs> when an unknown force invaded his kingdom. Three wise men try to remove the curse, but they can't, and so now Leo uses the curse as a strength to repay his debt to his countrymen. Leo is a playable character in Capcom Fighting Jam, a game which I've never seen any footage of even, I don't think. <laughs> um, he also makes a cameo appearance in Hawkeye's ending in Ultima Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which we played a track from on our Victory Themes episode. He's also a card in SNK vs. Capcom Cardfighters Clash, and was referred to in an Easter egg in the description of a piece of armor called the Cursed King's Belt in Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. 
So Leo's been in quite a few games, or referred <laughs> to in quite a few games. Kind of like Kirby. Kind of like Kirby, yeah. He's made some cameos as well. But yeah, um, that was a lot of information about a pretty obscure arcade game. So those of you guys who have played this or know about it, leave us your thoughts. Uh, send us an email, leave them in the comments, and we'd love to hear from you. What are they going to hear from us next, Shuk Pal? There's travel in your future when your tongue freezes to the back of a speeding bus. Fill that void in your pathetic life by playing whack-a-mole 17 hours a day. Aquarius! Yeah. That's the first one. All right. Okay, cool. So tell us about Aquarius. Aquarii are Aquarii. <laughs> born between January 20th and February 19th. Their element is air, and they... The personality trait is a rebel at heart. Persona! Uh, and the Aquarius <laughs> bracelet gives plus five defense. Cool. All right. Your uh, uncle, your mom's oldest younger brother, is an Aquarius, I believe. So. Okay. Well, I'm excited about this. So, this next track needs no introduction. Um, it's not going to need much description, so we can speed this along after we come back. But I will say I'm going to be playing the version from the Famicom Disk System. So technically, this is from Akamaju Densetsu. But here in America, we know this as Castlevania 3. And the name of the track is Aquarius. Now, have you played this game? No. Okay. Um, but I know you have heard this song because it's one of Simon's songs <laughs> in, in Smash Ultimate. So Aquarius was, right. I believe, stage six in Castlevania III, Dracula's Curse, um, which was originally published in 1989. Um, it was released on the NES, and it was published by Konami. Konami. Composed by a group called the Konami Kukeha Club, which actually had like a rotating membership. But the three who worked on this particular game are Hidenori Meizawa, Jun Funahashi, and Yukiya Morimoto, who, which names are very well known to like BGM fans because this is one of the big ones. So the Konami Kukeha Club um, was basically just what Konami called their sound team. A lot of OSTs you're going to find are attributed to the club itself. Literally, what that means is Konami Square Wave Club, which is cool because the NES and Famicom had two square waves. <laughs> that was what two of the instruments were. Um, the Game Boy as well, actually. So it makes it kind of hard to find some early Konami-like specific tracks, but if anybody out there knows a better way to find them, let me know. Uh, so this is the background theme for the Sunken City of Poltergeists stage. Since its introduction, it has appeared in several other games, kind of like Bloody Tears and Vampire Killer, um, including Castlevania Circle of the Moon, 
Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth, Castlevania Harmony of Despair, and most recently, as we mentioned, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, where it was arranged by Nintendo composer Yoshito Sekigawa. Alright, what's next? What's going to follow Castlevania? I don't know, you picked the tracks. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know what? It's about midway, I think. So I think it's time for us to treat our listeners to our little special bonus segment for this episode. <laughs> Shukapau and I are going to attempt to do something that is a little bit a little bit difficult, I think, for just your, your average everyday person. Um, he and I are both singers to an extent, so it may not be quite as hard. I've actually got this memorized. Do you? I think so. Okay. Well, we will, we will see. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to try to sing the bridge from your horoscope for today by Weird Al and see if we can get through it in one breath. Okay? Ready? Now you may find it inconceivable or at the very least a bit unlikely that the relative position of the planets and the stars could have a special deep significance or meaning that exclusively applies to only you. Well, let me give you my assurance that these forecasts and predictions are all based on solid scientific documented evidence, so you may have to be some kind of moron not to realize that every single one of them is absolutely true. Where was I? <laughs> well done, son. Yeah. Well done. Nice. Another high five. <laughs> okay. Now, tell us what's next. Get ready for an unexpected trip when you fall screaming from an open window. Work a little bit harder on improving your low self-esteem, you, you stupid, stupid freak. Virgo? Scorpio. No, no, Virgo. All Virgos are extremely friendly and intelligent. Okay, Scorpio. Ooh, Scorpio. All right, cool. So I was pretty excited about this one, too. Go ahead. Tell us about Scorpios, and then I'll tell you what song I'm going to play. All right. Um, Scorpios are born between October 23rd and November 22nd. So I'm almost a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> Their element is water, and personality trait is passion and power. And the Scorpio bracelet gives 35 defense. And also, Al himself is a Scorpio, so that's kind of... um. Al? Yeah. Oh, is he the guy who sells the bracelets? No. Like, Weird Al. Oh! Cool. Well, that's... Wow. Wow, I totally should have picked up on that sooner. Nice. Okay, cool. Very cool. So this was another one that was kind of hard to find. Scorpio is not out there a lot, as far as I could find. But it actually gives us a chance to play one more Mega Man track. But not anything that you would have heard of or played before. The song that you are about to hear is the Power Plant, or Sparkling Scorpio Stage, from the fan game Mega Man X Corrupted.
<laughs> oh man. Alright, that was Sparkling Scorpio Stage, the power plant from Mega Man X Corrupted. That was composed by Dominic Ninmark. Ever heard that name? Nope. <laughs> nope, not likely. So this is actually still in development for PC only hmm. by JKB Games. This is not a Capcom game. It's strictly a fan game. JKB is actually the uh, initials of John K. Bacchus, who is the publisher of the game. Um, Ninmark made the soundtrack to resemble the SNES soundtracks with a remixed touch. That's a, a quote from his site. Ninmark is a Swedish composer who's active on YouTube and OC Remix. Um, I'll link his YouTube channel in the notes, and from there you can get to his Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and other pages. I highly recommend checking him out. Before I talk a little bit more about the game, which is really, really interesting, I would encourage you guys to check out the fandom site, which I'm also going to link in the show notes. Shukapow, your thoughts about this track? It's very active. It does sound a lot like Mega Man X. For sure. Yeah, this is vintage 90s Capcom. The um, the electric guitar really makes me think of that power plant. And I do like that, uh, like, guitar solo. Oh, yeah, like the rhythm guitar section's really yeah. cool. It, it's so, it, like, in the first section, the A section, it ends with this, like, high-pitched, really, like, squealing 80s guitar sound. And then it gets into this, like, really driving rhythm guitar. And then at the end of the B section, before it loops, there's this tom fill that's really, really cool. Kind of reminds me of Spark Mandrill a little bit. I would not say this song is as good as my favorites, like Storm Eagle Stage, Spark Mandrill Stage, but it's it's still really, really, really good. It's, it stands, I think, shoulder to shoulder with some of the best Mega Man X tracks. It's really, really, really cool. This game also sounds really cool. Uh, Mega Man X Corrupted is a fan game in development by John K. Bacchus, or JKB Games. It's based on the Mega Man X series in gameplay, borrowing mechanics from all of the series titles. But the graphical style and musical style are based specifically on the SNES games. The developer has gone on record saying the game is built from scratch and is not a ROM hack of any existing Mega Man X game. Which is even more impressive. Uh, so he's not using like a template to start off of. They're starting basically from the ground up. There is currently no estimated release date. I do think there are some betas available online. Lots of information is available on the fandom site. So after beating Sparkling Scorpio, X receives the EMP Spark, also called the Stun Spark, which is a ball of electricity that runs across walls and ceilings and can be detonated to release lightning bolts. You can also play a Zero in this game, and he gets abilities, they're not like weapon upgrades, but abilities that he can do after he beats each boss. And his ability is called the um, Dentenseki, which is an electrical projectile attack he releases by holding up the Z-Saber and firing bolts into the sky, which then split off and travel left and right along the ceiling. And they can also power those attacks up once they get like armor upgrades and stuff. The game takes place in an alternate timeline after Mega Man X5. One of the game's story features is that each of the eight Mavericks has a mission that they're on, and if you leave them for the final four, if they're not in the first half of the bosses that you beat, this final four effect goes into effect. This so, isn't even my final form! <laughs> Scorpio's effect is that, so if he's left in the final four, then all indoor areas in the remaining stages that you go to have reduced or flickering lighting. So this game sounds really cool and really, like, well-designed. Um, definitely check out the links in the show notes, and I'm going to stop rambling about this game now, <laughs> and we're going to get to our next track. The stars say that you're an exciting and wonderful person, but you know they're lying. If I were you, I'd lock my doors and windows and never, 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 never leave my house again. That's your horoscope for today. <laughs> so I know that's the last one. Is it Capricorn? Yes. All right. Okay, cool. 
What do you have to tell us about Capricorns? Capricorns are born between December 22nd and January 19th. Their element is Earth, and uh, the personality trait is ambitious and organized, and the Capricorn bracelet gives nine defense. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Capricorn before we get going, because this song changed a couple of times. Originally, I could not find any reference to Capricorn in video games. It, uh, it was just really difficult, and so I actually reached out to some of my friends and one of the uh, guys in the Mercado fam, who I'm not going to credit because I can't remember which one it was, but thank you, you know who you are, mentioned that in Final Fantasy IX, there's a whole series of quests that you go on for this queen where you're looking for different like Zodiac crystals, and you can find the Sagittarius crystal. So I was going to play the theme for that queen or the town where you meet her and just kind of go off that. That wasn't really as direct as I would have liked. And so then I realized there was another game that I had picked the Tropic of Cancer from. And I was like, okay, well, I bet I can find another Cancer reference in a game. So I'm going to take Tropic of Capricorn from this game instead. So the name of the track is Tropic of Capricorn. The name of the game is Risk of Rain. intense than I expected it to. It didn't get like loud and bombastic or anything like that, but man, I was starting to feel a little bit like anxious and rushed. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did kind of feel that too. Um, the instrumentation for some reason kind of reminded me of the Metal Gear Encounter theme. The, the do 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 do. <laughs> Not jokingly this time, but, <laughs> but yeah, the the, uh, the instruments there, it, it has that sort of industrial feel to it. Uh, I kind of feel like Ed from the VG Embassy would really like this. And uh, his co-host on the industrial music podcast, Arcane Machine, is Justin from the XVGM podcast. <laughs> Lots of uh, podcast connections going on there. But um, they have an industrial music podcast, like I said, called The Arcane Machine. If you like this song, I would encourage you checking that out, especially if you also liked... 
Taurus Demon and that Mega Man X track and would kind of like something that would exist if you threw all of them together. (laughs) (laughs) This was... So, Risk of Rain is a game I have heard about some. It was actually published by Chucklefish, who were also publishers of Stardew Valley. But this game is not like Stardew Valley. Uh, It was developed by Hapu Games in 2014. It has since been ported to multiple platforms. And it was composed by a Greek composer named Chris Christodoulou. He is from Sparta. He began studying music at a young age, and he composed his first score for The Sea Will Claim Everything between 2009 and 2013. Sometime in there, I couldn't get an exact date. He has composed several scores for games and animated shorts, as well as the Greek feature film Do It Yourself. I'm going to link to his YouTube page below, because I definitely wanted to credit him for this song. And at this uh, page, you can find his other sites. Definitely support him on Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Um, Risk of Rain is an adventure exploration platform game. Uh, Metroidvania? Yes. Uh, It's got Metroidvania and roguelike elements, which are like procedurally generated type stuff. The player initially controls a commando who has survived a crash on a strange planet. As the player progresses, more characters become available, and the goal is, of course, to escape the planet. Christodoulou joined the team after the developers, which were a pair of students from the University of Washington, raised $30,000 on Kickstarter, rocketing past their initial 7,000 goal. So they were going for 7,000, got 30,000, and then this composer jumped on board. And he's like, okay, I'll do it for you. So Tropic of Capricorn plays in the Magma Barracks, one of two possible maps for the fourth level of the game, where you find the Sacrifice Artifact, fight the boss Cremator, or Cremator, and have the option to defeat the Dire Seeker and unlock the Miner character. Do you know anything about the actual Tropic of Capricorn? It's, uh, in the south? Yes! Yes! And what are the Tropics of Capricorn and what's the other one? Cancer? Yeah. What are the Tropics of Cancer and Capricorn? Like, the halves of the Earth? So, not exactly. So, the area between them is the area called the Tropics. That's why they're called the Tropics. But the Tropic of Capricorn, as everyone knows, is an imaginary line of latitude going around the Earth at approximately 23.5 degrees south uh, of the equator. It contains the subsolar point on the December solstice, or the southern solstice, um, meaning that it is the southernmost point on Earth where the sun's rays can be directly overhead at noon. When you get past the Tropic of Capricorn, the sun will never be straight up in the sky. Nope. So, yeah. Um, It's called the Tropic of Capricorn because at the time when it was named that line of latitude, the sun was actually in the constellation Capricornus at the December solstice. So, yeah, that's how it was named. Science, what have you got for us next? Nothing to do with science or any of the games we're playing tonight. Except for the first one. And that first composer of the night was in a band with him. Yay. Yay, is in a band with him. Earthbound Papas, which Earthbound is another one of your favorite games. Oh, yeah. it's all connected. And again, <laughs> that was uh, Yoshitaka Hirota, who I'm talking about. Yes, yes. Now, let me know what composer I'm going to be talking about next. All right. All Virgos are extremely friendly <laughs> and intelligent, except, except for you. Expect a big surprise today when you wind up with your head impaled upon a stick. <laughs> okay, tell me about Virgos. All right. Uh, Virgos are born between August 23rd and September 22nd. Their element is Earth, and their personality traits are logical and sympathetic. And the Virgo bracelet gives 26 defense. Very cool. 
I'm horrible at remembering birthdays. That's why I stopped saying that people are born at certain times. But, uh, yeah, so Virgo. This one was also a little bit difficult to find, but I did finally track it down. I'm going to be playing Theme of Virgo from Wizardry, Tale of the Forsaken Land. That went places. <laughs> it did, didn't it? That middle section is like, okay, I think I know what this song is, but what is this? <laughs> so, go ahead. W- what were you saying about the song? All right, so the first part sort of sounds like Team Fortress 2, um, with uh, the horn stabs. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I expected you to say Persona. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And uh, uh, it also sort of sounds like modern Mega Man music, like uh, that uh, Tron siblings... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, Tron Bonnie. Yeah, I made me think yeah. of that too. Yeah. That middle section kind of sounded to me like the Disney Capcom games from the Super Nintendo era. They had that sort of like creepy Disney, almost like Grant Kirkhope esque sound to it. I really liked it though. It was really interesting. Fire. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I actually took way more notes about this than I meant to. Um, and it's really interesting. Do you know anything about the Wizardry series? No. Well, now you're going to. So this song, Theme of Virgo. As I mentioned, was on Wizardry Tale of the Forsaken Land. This was published for the PS2 by Atlas and developed by Rakjin, pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, in 2001. It was composed by one of these fine people, Satoshi Iwasaki, Isao Kasai, Makoto Suiniro, and Kinji Tani. Now, I couldn't find unique track credits here. None of the composers are what you would call prolific, like I didn't see a lot of soundtracks for any of them, but it seems likely that Makoto Suehiro was the primary composer because he was the one with the most actual composer credits. A lot of the other ones have been like directors or sound people or even like graphic designers, but he was the only one who was consistently always a composer on the games that I found. Iwasaki's only composer credit on VGMDB is this game. Suihiro has several other composer credits, having worked on properties like Full Metal Alchemist, Naruto, and The King of Fighters. Kasai and Tani also each worked on one of those titles, like one of them worked on Full Metal Alchemist, one of them worked on Naruto, and they've each also worked on some other ones. 
I'm really glad I found this eclectic little number. Uh, I like how it goes from that jazzy swing style to that creepy, almost like Vincent Price movie type of sound. You don't even know who Vincent Price is, but he made creepy movies. There are some oriental themes in there as well, especially in that like little run up at the end. Some of those progressions and scales kind of have that oriental sound to them. The Wizardry series has been around since 1981. The original was highly influential on the early console role-playing games like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, so this predated them and influenced them. They were in a different style. This is a DRPG or dungeon RPG, so it's like first-person perspective, and you like turn corners and see different walls and different monsters and treasures. Um, not really my style of game, but it definitely has a legacy to it. The subtitles of these games are pretty great, so here are some of the names of the games. The first one was Wizardry, Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord. Other ones are Legacy of Lilgamin, Heart of the Maelstrom, Crusaders of the Dark Savant. So, like, Dragon Quest subtitles. They've got, like, these big epic names. But, much like Final Fantasy, the games in the series often differ in gameplay, and, like, they're almost totally unrelated to each other. There's a whole series of spin-offs and ports that have even greater diversity. And kind of like Final Fantasy wasn't super big in Japan, but it really took off in America. Like, it wasn't super big in Japan compared to Dragon Quest. Wizardry was developed in America. Once Final Fantasy came out, Wizardry wasn't as big of a deal here. In Japan, it exploded. So, like, as of 2017, when was that was the last time this article had been updated, there were nearly 40 spin-offs in development that had been developed in Japan since 1981. So that's 30 years. In, le in less than 30 years, almost 40 spin-offs were developed in Japan based on this American-made game. Wow. <laughs> so it was a big deal. Uh, four of those spin-offs have been released here. One of those is Tale of the Forsaken Land, which was the first Japanese spin-off to be officially translated to English and released in North America. And that's all I'm going to say about the game itself. I would love to hear more about Virgo from anyone who has played this game. I wasn't able to find out a lot about her, but here's what I basically was able to figure out from reading the multiple sites I looked at. Virgo plays an archetypal, powerful rival turned ally role in the game, so kind of like Magus. I don't know much about like her origin or where she's from, but she already has a reputation. One of the NPCs at one point, after you, you beat her for the first time, says, well isn't that pretty amazing? Being hated by Virgo, man, yeah, everyone hates Virgo, but it's hard to be hated by her. So she's like so awesome of a fighter that she doesn't even hate the people that she beats, she just kind of disdains them. But since you've actually beaten her, now she hates you. <laughs> so you encounter early on and fight her in a battle that you're supposed to just barely win. And then later, if you can convince her not to go and face the games like Big Bad all by herself, she will eventually join your team. Also, side note, another party member, a pig-like creature called Costa, appears to call her Barfo, for reasons I wasn't able to figure out. Alright, so I'm going to climb back up out of that wizardry rabbit hole, and we're going to find out what game... You got for us next, uh, or what sign you have for us, so I know what game I have for us. <laughs> the look on your face will be priceless when you find that forty-pound watermelon in your colon. Trade toothbrushes with an albino dwarf and give a hickey to Meryl Streep. <laughs> Meryl Streep, she's a famous actress, by the way. Okay, so we don't have that much left. This is going to be Pisces, Aries. Oh, I had a fifty-fifty chance. <laughs> Aries. Okay. All right. What have you got to say about Aries? Aries are born between March 20th and April 21st. 
Their element is fire. Personality traits are passionate, motivated, and confident. And the Aries bracelet gives three defense. And who do you know who is an Aries? Mom. Yes. Who else? Hmm. Isn't Dusklight? Yeah. 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 She falls in, in that range right there. Aries. What did I have for Aries? Oh, yeah. Aries. Okay. You ever heard of the Fantasy Star series? Nope. It is a series of Sega-published games. Uh, they're uh, RPGs. And this one actually comes from... So this is called The Song of Ares, and it comes from Idola Fantasy Star Saga, which was a mobile game. We're back. While the song was playing, Shukapau went and got a special guest for us, because as we mentioned a minute ago, she is an Aries. Well, no. well, well, who dragged the cat in? Me. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> so it's not my wife, you as you just heard. You drag me anywhere. As you just heard, we have Dusklight back for two episodes in a row. Yo! Yay! So, Dusklight, what did you think of that song? It was cool. So, you told me, I started to explain what an arpeggio is, and he was like, I know what an arpeggio is, Dad. Dad, I'm banned. So, uh, so what's an arpeggio? An arpeggio is the first, third, fifth, and eighth notes of a scale. Okay, so, which when you play them all together, that's called a what? It's a chord. Yeah, it's a chord. You don't have to tell me what kind of chord. It's, it's, a, it's a major tonic chord. But anyway, an arpeggio is when you take those notes and play them separately. So it's basically when you play a chord, but separated, not all at one time. I really like how the arpeggios in this song go to, like, unexpected places. Like, these are some really complex, intricate chords. You mentioned that it doesn't really sound like Aries to you. Yeah. Why not? I don't know, because to me, Aries is usually, like, more... Well, like your brother said, they're, like, passionate and driven and motivated. And this yeah. is kind of a chill track. It does kind of feel like there's something going on underneath, though. Yeah. There's a sort of like, element of something. With Aries, there's, like... I mean, there's, like, passion and stuff like that. But, I mean, there are times when they're, like, kind of chill and stuff. But there's always that small... There's always, like, that underlying kind of thing there. So even when they're chill, there's always something kind of simmering. So maybe this actually is kind of appropriate for that part. So this is called Theme of Ares, uh, or the Song of Ares, rather. It's from Idola, which is from the game... Sorry, Idola Fantasy Star Saga. 
So Fantasy Star is a series of RPGs were published by Sega. This one was published for Android and iOS in 2018. As far as I know, it's the only mobile game in the Fantasy Star series. The composer was Kenichi Tokoi, who is a longtime Sega sound designer, composer, and arranger who's worked on Fantasy Star, Sonic, Knights, and the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games series. Stella, who is the heroine of the story, is a shy girl that hides her true feelings beneath an iron mask. By wearing the mask, her posture changes drastically, giving her the courage to be able to act confidently in the battlefield. Upon removing the mask, however, her shy demeanor returns. Stella is the leader of her armed brigade, which are called the Ares Knights. So this is kind of their theme. The, the battalion, the Ares Knights, is currently locked in a war with monsters called the Idola, which is where the game name comes from. Before we move on, and I let Dusklight get back to her show, Shukapau, do you have any song, anything, any thoughts on the song for us? Hmm. That we didn't already touch on. Well, it sounds kind of like Breath of the Wild, but more... It does kind of have that piano sparse thing, but more what? More like concentrated and yeah, less it's not ambient. As, yeah, not, 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 not as ambient. It's definitely that sort of line between that. I can also kind of see this in Hollow Knight, I think. Some elements, I think, may be a little too bright for Hollow Knight. If Hollow Knight had maybe sort of a foresty area that wasn't Green Path. Yeah. Like sort of if, a, an open plains area if you like went above ground or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see in Silk Song. For sure. Yeah, or maybe if this had more strings, it would be a little bit more Hollow Knight-esque yeah. as well. Okay, well, um, what? go ahead and tell us, what is the next one? Try to avoid any Virgos or Leos with the Ebola virus. You are the true lord of the dance, no matter what those idiots at work say. <laughs> oh, wow. This line has been going through my head lately, except right now I substitute Ebola virus for... Coronavirus. <laughs> Don't demonetize us. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're under quarantine as we record this episode. Hopefully by the time it posts in, like, June, <laughs> um, it will no longer be a problem. But uh, we'll see. We will see. And tell us about Pisces. Pisces are born between February fish. 20th. Fishes. Pisces or fish? Yes, <laughs> anyway. they are. And March Pisces. 13th. February 20th and March 13th, okay. Yeah, um, the, the element is actually water, and their personality traits are generous and positive, and the Pisces bracelet gives plus seven defense. And it lets you breathe underwater. Yeah. Fishy. Except that when you do it, then you drown. Yeah. <laughs> this would be useful in the underwater section of Mother 3. Okay. I am going to be playing... Marasaki Okai Pisces from the game Mugen Souls Z.
Alright. Chukapow. <laughs> what did you think about that one? Um... Mario Kart. Yeah, I could hear a little of that, especially Mario Kart 8. I was actually hearing some elements of Xenoblade Chronicles X when I listened. Th there were some kind of techno sort of sounds in there, right? Yeah. But it also was based on that flute. I really liked that little turnaround at around the 142 mark. Um, that was cool. Kind of sat up and took notice. Which is good, because honestly, I had started to zone out a little bit. Um, this is a well-written piece of music. I don't know if it's just because we've been doing this for a while tonight or what, but uh, this song might have been a little bit better to play in with. It's not quite as... Um, it doesn't stand out quite as much among all the other really great tracks that we have played. I still think it qualifies as very good music, or I would not have left it in the playlist. Even though Pisces is another one that was really tough for me to find. Um, I was glad that I found this. Uh, again, this is uh, Morasa Kyokai Pisces from Mugen Souls Z. Z, by the way, is just a descriptor that kind of means two because um, it looks like a tube, that's why Dragon Ball Z is called Dragon Ball Z. There are other reasons, but their uh, Prof Jeff has explained them to me, but I don't remember what they are. <laughs> um, this was published for the PS3 and PC by Idea Factory in 2013, and this song was composed by Kinji Kaneko. The game was also composed by Tenpai Sato, who composed the original Mugen Souls. Kaneko composed for quite a few games, none of which I have heard of. They're all a bunch of Japanese exclusives that I like know nothing about. His first game was Tenku Dansai Shelter Plus Heaven in 2004. His most recent game as composer was Omega Quintet in 2017. So I could find very little about this game. I did find an alternate track title, uh, Purple Sekai Pisces, on VGMDB, which is also where I found Kaneko listed as the composer of this particular song. All that Wikipedia has to say about this game is, and I quote, The protagonist is Sirma, that's S-Y-R-M-A, a goddess aiming to stop an awkward ancient threat. I don't know why the word awkward was used there, but there you go. Gameplay aspects include level caps of 9,999, large mecha, or big robots, and billion point damage. So imagine an RPG where you can get to level 99.99 and your attacks can do billion point damage. Um, wow. There is a wiki fan page for the game. But it only made me more confused. <laughs> so, <laughs> any enlightenment I can get from any listeners would be super. <laughs> All right. Well, we're about to wrap things up. We have two more songs for you. And the last one, we're going to be a little bit controversial here. This is for the Zodiac sign Ophiuchus? Ophicius? How do you pronounce it? Spell it for us. Um... I guess I could do that. Um, All right. So this one is... So it is spelled O-P-H-I-U-C-H-U-S. Is that what you got? Um... Did you look this one up? I didn't know this existed. Okay, this is the one where I told you that you could come up with your own song for it. Oh. It's the 13th one? Okay, well, Google it real quick so that you can tell us a little bit about this sign. Um, this is not like an officially recognized zodiac sign by modern astrologers, um, but it is an ancient sign that has kind of come back into play. Y'all can pardon the little like, clicking of the keyboards. And for this one, I'm actually going to talk about it before the track, since we're going to give Shukapai a little bit of time to look it up. This is Ophiuchus from Atelier Totori, the Adventurer of Arland. 
This game was published for the PS3 by Gust Co. Limited in 2010, and the composer is Ken Nakagawa. The game was also composed by Kazuki Yanagawa. Uh, Ken Nakagawa is attributed to this track on VGMDB's entry for the official soundtrack release, and Nakagawa is a long-time Atelier series composer, um, having contributed to soundtracks for games 5 through 13 of the Atelier series. There are a lot of these games. The Adventure of Arland is the 12th game in the Atelier series and the second in the Arland trilogy, serving as a direct sequel to Atelier Orana, the Alchemist of Arland, and followed by Atelier Meruru, the Apprentice of Arland. Players follow the sub-series protagonist Totori as she travels the land searching for her lost mother and teaching alchemy. The BG Mania guys, a little bit earlier this year, did a whole focus on... Um, no, wait, that wasn't Atelier, that was Nier. I get the two series mixed up. But I, I've heard a lot about Atelier on VGM podcast shows, especially I think I've heard about them on BG Mania. The Super Mercado Bros like them a lot. These games are really, really good. Like, this soundtrack is fantastic. When I was listening through to try to find this particular song earlier, it's really, it's a really good soundtrack. Like, I'd recommend anybody to look into this one. I wasn't able to find out many specifics about this theme, but I know that there are some Atelier fans who listen, so maybe they can educate me. It appears on a list of great RPG battle themes on YouTube, and it apparently features in two fights in the game, one of which is the battle against Jewel Element. I really enjoy the instrumentation on this track. It reminds me of some other Nakagawa music I've heard, like I said, on the Super Mercado Bros. The combination of Celtic flute, electric guitar, and some of the soft, some sort of Arabic-sounding string instrument it's eclectic, to say the least, but he makes it work really, really, really well. But before we get into that, what did you find about Ophiuchus? All right. Wikipedia says that it has sometimes been used in sidereal astrology okay. as a 13th sign in addition to the 12 signs of the tropical zodiac because the eponymous constellation Ophiuchus is defined by the 1930 YY who... What is... Here, let's come look on this. Okay, so you're getting all of this in real time. Why, why, who, heis? I don't know. It was defined in 1930 by somebody. <laughs> uh, so the eponymous constellation Ophiuchus is situated behind the sun from November 29th to December 18th. So that very, very short amount of time is when the sign of Ophiuchus comes up. There apparently, what we're seeing now is also at least a suggestion of a 14th sign, um, Cetus, but we're not going to go there. Instead, we are going to go to the track. <laughs> so this is Ophiuchus, which is a battle theme from Atelier Totori, the Adventurer of Arland.
that was Ophiuchus from Atelier Totori. Are you glad I included the 13th Zodiac song now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite part of that? I don't know. I just liked the entire thing. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it's amazing to me how well the Celtic flute plays those Japanese sounds. Like, it fit really well together. It almost reminded me, that, that first part almost reminded me of uh, Bowser's Kingdom from Mario Odyssey. Hmm. Yeah. But then... When it like stop stops at the forty five second mark or somewhere around there, and it gets into that like heavy electric theme, I think that's my favorite part of the song is when it does that. But all right, we are about ready to wrap up for the nights. Couple of bits of news to start out with, though. Um, we're not going to have a blooper reel on this episode. <sighs> if there's enough good stuff here, then I think I might just save it and pack it in on the next one. But I really don't feel like a blooper reel is going to be super appropriate when we talk about the last game and then play the song from it. As always, you can find us on our YouTube channel, BGM Very Good Music. If you search on YouTube, BGM Very Good Music Podcast, we will pop up. You can also go to the About section of our YouTube page and find all of the great podcast uh, catchers where you can find us and download us and listen to us at your leisure. We are currently, as of time of recording, on Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, SoundCloud, um, and Spotify, and several other places as well. I also have added links on our YouTube page to my SoundCloud page, Bedroth, and to ShootKapow's.io page that he's talked to us about. So definitely check out our stuff. We really appreciate you guys leaving comments. Um, If you do listen to us on a podcatcher, please rate and review us. That really helps more people find out about the show. We have uh, a little show here. We're not really doing a lot of social media stuff right now. We're really growing by word of mouth. So anything that you have got to say about us, any shares that you can do on our YouTube videos would really be most appreciated. I'm super proud of this episode. Uh, I worked really, really hard on this. I've never researched almost for anything like I did for the songs on this episode, which is saying a lot because a lot of my jobs involved research. And Shukapal, you really, uh, you added a lot to this with uh, singing those little things to <laughs> us and doing some of the legwork for me for finding out about the Zodiac signs. Thanks. Really enjoyed your commentary. Uh, this was a really fun episode, and I think it would be a good one for you to like share with your friends. Um, I really feel like we're finding our feet with this one, this episode, and also the fifth one. Um, I, I mean, I like all of them so far. I've really enjoyed doing this with you, but the fifth and sixth episodes in particular, I think have gone really, really well. Do you have anything to uh, say? Any last words or anything to plug? Well, for next week's episode, you said I could pick all the tracks, just as you picked all the tracks for this episode. Yes, I did. So, for next week's episode... I am going to have drum roll sword characters. <laughs> Games that feature a character wielding a sword in pretty much any capacity. Okay. Uh, keyboard counts, stuff like that. If you liked that track last week from uh, No More Heroes, <laughs> yeah. he wields a sword. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, this is derived from the too many swords statement you know, Usually just used to describe Smash Bros. <laughs> I'm actually using a Smash Bros. fighters list for ideas here. Nice. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, that sounds like fun. I think that we will enjoy that. All right. Well, um, we are going to close out with a song that I almost did not include in this playlist. I originally had it down as a maybe, and then I bumped it, but then when I 
when I decided to use Tropic of Capricorn from Risk of Rain and I needed to find something else for Cancer, I just went ahead and leaned into it. We are going to be playing Feeding the Ducks from a game called That Dragon Cancer, which was released for PC and iOS in 2016, published by a very small company called Numinous Games. The composer for this song and for the whole soundtrack is John Hillman. Hillman also composed music for the documentary film Thank You for Playing in 2017, which used a lot of the same music as the game does. He has won an Emmy for his work on Thank You for Playing and a BAFTA for his work on That Dragon Cancer. We're going to get into some heavy territory here. If you or anyone that you know has suffered from cancer, this could possibly be triggering for you, so I fully understand if you would like to skip this. But the game itself is a celebration of love and hope and grace in the face of something as devastating as cancer can be. Shukapau has actually lost two grandmothers to cancer, uh, one of whom he barely got to know, one of whom he knew pretty well. Um, my mom's mom and my wife's dad's mom. Um, I called, we called my mom's mother grandma, and um, Shukapau knew her as Grandma Pearl. And my wife's dad's mom, paternal grandmother, we called her Gran, and she was the treasure of the family. Um, and we lost both of them to cancer several years apart, but they were both wonderful, loving, great, fantastic ladies. And I would like to dedicate this episode to their memory. Um, so Pearl Woods and Verbal Watson, um, thank you for the love that you showed us and for the love that you taught us with your lives. That Dragon Cancer was created by Ryan and Amy Green and a small team going by the moniker Numinous Games. The game is based on the Greens' experience raising their third child, Joel. Joel was diagnosed with a rare type of terminal nervous system cancer in November 2010, around the age of 12 months. Despite initially being given a prognosis of only four months to live, Joel went on to live for four more years before the disease finally took its toll. Ryan came up with the idea when his son was four. He had written some smaller emotional games, and he wanted to relay the experiences that he and his wife, both devout Christians, had shared while raising their son. They ultimately saw their story as one with a message of divine grace, and felt that the medium of an interactive game would do the best job of relaying that. The game plays kind of like a visual novel, with some mini-games thrown in to further illustrate specifically the father's struggle with his son's disease. This song plays in the first chapter, as you control a duck in a pond swimming toward Joel, and then switch to controlling Joel as he feeds the duck lumps of bread. Meanwhile, through subtitles that appear on the screen, the parents are explaining to Joel's brothers why his treatment and the disease itself have made it impossible for Joel to speak, even though he is now two years old. I encourage listeners to check out the game and its story, regardless of their own faith background. It does It is not going to matter that these people are devout Christians, because the dad really, really struggles with his faith, and that's part of the whole message of the game. The best way to experience it is to buy the game and play through it yourself first, it's a commitment of only a few hours at most. This is not a long game. Uh, cancer is a terrible disease, which has affected almost all of us in some way at this point. 
Sometimes all we can do is share the stories that we've lived through to help ease the suffering of other people. If you're able to support this game or any number of great causes that contribute to the fight against cancer, we encourage you to do so. If you can't financially support it, then you probably know someone who suffers or has suffered from cancer. Call them up. Tell them you love them. If you see them, give them a hug. Although, in all seriousness, you probably would want to wait to make sure that you are clear of the coronavirus before you go and see them because they are probably immunocompromised from their treatment. But call them up. Tell them you love them. I'll leave you with this clip from Ryan at the 2016 Game Awards acceptance speech for the Game for Impact Award, which is given to a thought-provoking video game with a profound pro-social message or medium. Often in video games, we get to choose how we're seen. Our avatars and our tweets and the work that we do are all meant to portray the story that we want to tell the world about why our lives matter. But sometimes the story is written onto us or it's, it's told because of us or in spite of us and it reveals our weakness, our weaknesses, our failures, our hopes, and our fears. You let us tell the story of my son, Joel. And in the end, it was not the story that we wanted to tell. But you chose to love us through our grief by being willing to stop and to listen and to not turn away to let my son Joel's life change you because you chose to see him and to experience how we loved him. And I have hope that when we are all willing to see each other, not for just who we want to be, but who we are and who we're meant to be, this act of love and this act of grace can change the world. Thank you. Until next time, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music. Bye. We'll see you next week.